Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's September 11th, 1941, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. If you search for the Pentagon in Google Maps, you'll be directed to the immense five-sided headquarters of the United States Defense Department, and you'll probably immediately notice on the map that at the very center of the complex is a Dunkin' Donuts shop. Yep, that's right. At the heart of the seat of American military power is a sweet, doughy snack shop which was not on the plans today in history in 1941 when builders first broke ground for the construction of the massive new military HQ. And how curious it is that they did break ground on the Pentagon on this day, September the 11th, of course, 60 years before the 9-11 attacks, which I don't think, by the way, was anything deliberate on the part of Al-Qaeda. It's just one of those weird Mm. coincidences that on this day that they first started building what was basically a war room for World War II uh, was actually the same day that, very sadly, 189 people died in 2001. In fact, even more people would have died if they hadn't just completed some renovations, which included adding some steel as structural support. Because originally, the Pentagon was designed without steel, and the reason for that was they needed the steel for the war effort. The whole concept of the Pentagon was very much dictated by the fact that FDR realised we are about to enter World War II, and our war room consists of various disparate offices spread across Washington. Yeah, before the outbreak of World War II, the Armed Forces HQ had been the State War and Navy Building, which is kind of this grand Parisian-looking edifice that had been completed in 1888. And at that time, it was the largest office building in the world with a mere 40,000 square metres of space. (laughs) By the 1930s, this was no longer sufficient and the HQ moved to the Navy and Munitions Building, which was this really ugly sprawl of office blocks desecrating the National Mall at this point. They had been thrown up in five and a half months during World War I as temporary space. And Franklin D. Roosevelt, who at that point had been Assistant Secretary of the Navy, purposely wanted them to be ugly so that they would be swiftly dismantled when World War I ended, restoring them all to its purpose as a public park. And obviously this didn't happen. They were still there. They were still an eyesore, an abomination. So when Brigadier General Somerville, who was the commander of the Construction Division of the Army Quartermaster Corps, came in at the head of this lobby for a large, purpose-built space in Arlington, Virginia, Roosevelt was really keen. And on the 28th of July, 1941... Congress signed off on funding for what at that point was being called Federal Office Building Number One. (laughs) Catchy. Though the Pentagon was also meant to be temporary, it was just meant to get them to the end of World War II, and as it happened, it became the permanent home for all US war activity subsequently. I mean, it got its uh, slightly more catchy name um, after head architect G. Edwin Bergstrom responded to the brief, which was a building that had to have all of this office space, but was bordered on five sides by roads in the original location by designing a five-sided building. Mm. But FDR realised rather last minute that if they put the building exactly where they'd planned to, it would interfere with the view of Washington from Arlington Cemetery. So because of sensitivities to that, he said, no, we're going to put it somewhere else. But it was too late to change the design. So they still had the five-sided design 
even though they didn't need to in the final version. And the original shape of the Pentagon was an irregular Pentagon, but once they moved to this new site, they were able to choose whatever shape they wanted, and the Pentagon layout was turned into the more regular pentagonal shape that we know today. But it is very big. It is 600,000 square metres, spread over seven floors, and containing 17.5 miles of hallway. Mm. But due to the ingenious design, no two locations within the building are more than a seven or eight minute walk apart. And it had all of these wonderful advantages of allowing people to get from place to place very quickly, but also the construction could be done very cheaply. And as you say, it didn't use a lot of steel because this was in short supply in World War II. And instead, it was built very largely from reinforced concrete using 680,000 tonnes of sand that were dredged from the Potomac River. And a lagoon was created beneath the Pentagon's river entrance. It was also an incredible project in terms terms of the speed at which it went up because it was completed within 16 months. Yeah, because they had 15,000 workers on site around the <laughs> clock and it was literally being done with military precision. In fact, the project was overseen by Leslie Groves, Matt Damon's character in Oppenheimer, ah. um, i.e. the man who was later put in charge of building an atomic bomb to end the war. So wow. he did a couple of impressive jobs in this period. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, you know, that's how they did things then. Not like these days, you know, it'd take years now. But contemporary reporting confirms it was seen as astonishing for the time. In December 1942, a couple of weeks before the official completion, a New York Times article about the project opened Pointing with pride to a modern miracle of construction, the War Department announced today that its new headquarters had been constructed in 14 months, a job which in ordinary times would have required seven years. The article goes on to say, you know, 21,000 desks, that's going to be increased to 40,000. It mentions that communications along the, you know, 17 miles of corridors was done via messengers on tricycle trucks. And interestingly, the article mentions there being 200 restrooms and 650 water fountains. And this in particular seems like an odd feature to mention in a fairly short piece, it's only a few paragraphs long, but it possibly speaks to a subconscious preoccupation with the fact that these were because of Virginia's Jim Crow laws mandating segregated facilities. Roosevelt himself pointed out this oddity when he was being taken on a pre-opening tour because every single you know, bathroom, there were two sets of toilets. And upon hearing the explanation, he pointed out that the building would be under federal jurisdiction so it could be exempt from Virginia's segregation laws. He demanded the removal of whites-only signs that had been put up basically just to comply with the state law. And the separate bathrooms, fountains and dining rooms did remain, but in practice, segregation was never actually enforced within the Pentagon. Mm. It was initially budgeted at $35 million. The final cost was $63 million. So for a short time after this thing went up, the public kind of referred to the Pentagon as a white elephant. Like, Mm. it became a joke. You know, this is a Pentagon-type project. That's the word you'd use for something outlandish and pointless. It became a focal point for protest throughout the 1960s. Anti-Vietnam War sentiment led people to its gates on multiple occasions, most notably on the 21st of October in 1967, when about 35,000 anti-war demonstrators participated in what was called the March on the Pentagon. And it's famous for two things. One, there's a famous photograph of protesters putting flowers into the rifles of the armed soldiers who were sent out to prevent them from entering the complex. But also, it's famous because the protests had announced their intention of surrounding the building and then levitating it. But for some reason, they didn't seem to be able to get the building off the ground. It must be because it was so massive. (laughs) I mean, it's obviously a really iconic building for Americans, isn't it? As an international, 
Observer. It's funny, the aerial shot of the Pentagon is an iconic image, and yet often when I see people gathered outside it, I don't recognise it as the Pentagon. Mm. Like Viewed from street level, it's just quite a boring long building, isn't it? Because you don't see the five sides, you don't see the shape of it. Yeah. Well, it does have that, as you say, it does have that very recognisable uh, shape when viewed from above. And this was something that was uh, known to the Russians, who, rumour had it, during the Cold War, had two missiles trained on the what was at the centre of the Pentagon at any given moment. And what used to be at the centre of the Pentagon wasn't a Dunkin' Donuts, but was a hot dog stand. And <laughs> the uh, Department of Defence Communications officer, Brett Easton, once told Stars and Stripes magazine, they thought this was the Pentagon's most top-secret meeting room, and the entire Pentagon was a large fortress built around around this hot dog stand. Yeah, because it's like viewed from above, it looks like the most important thing that these these buttressed walls... Yes, exactly. In the and it gets, be protecting. You know, That's the war room. Yeah, exactly. It's actually just the place you grab lunch. Yes, that maybe each of these were sort of fortifications that led you to the very, very <laughs> precious centre bit. But what Easton finished with was they thought that the officers were going to get their top secret briefings in a protected area, but really they were just going to get their lunch. <laughs> It's a funny story, and I, I've heard as well that employees used to call it Cafe Ground Zero right. because of this, <laughs> it kind of gallows humour. But in truth, I mean, what we now know about how Soviet spies managed to infiltrate every single level of American society and report back, you know, there were tours of the Pentagon. Right. I'm sure <laughs> they found a way to work out that that was a hot dog stand. <laughs> but it's a funny idea. Yeah. Also, arguably, you know, Dunkin' Donuts is more dangerous in a different way to that hot dog stand <laughs> would have been. <laughs> Tomorrow. She was an old maid. You know, her job was to help her father and then maybe live with a married sibling. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 